Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome O MLB Strategy Show presented by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Dave Lockburn with me, Jake Hari, and we've got a banger today. 11 games. It's the start of the work week. We're happy to have everybody with us. August 17th, 2020. Jake, another week, another slate of games, and uh, Hopefully no positive COVID tests because, you know, the truth is, despite all of the nonsense, despite all of the problems we've had early on, they are powering through this season. And I don't think we're stopping anytime soon. Yeah. And they just passed uh, some rule that players can like reapply early, even if it hasn't been the full two weeks or it has, they still are having positives. Uh, so they're, I mean, they're just ready to, to power through, like you said. So um I suppose that's not the worst thing in the world for us because we get to keep doing shows and talking some baseball and uh, playing all these other sports as well. But uh, yeah, cra- crazy times, as, as we all know. Really, I'll tell you what, I had a good weekend. The, the, the Sixers didn't play, so that's just <laughs> out of the gate. That's great news. Uh, the Phillies swept the Mets. Aaron Nola looks like a legitimate Cy Young candidate right now. No, it's not me being a homer. He's got a 40% K rate. He's been unhittable. And uh well, had Buddy or two over for the Flyers game last night. Nice. One nothing shutout. Carter Hart's the real deal, man. Yeah, Carter Hart. Uh, those Flyers, they're going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out. So um, they had one kind of slip up against Montreal, but yeah, it was bad. Outside you know, of that 5-0 game, they've been incredible. You know, all six games they've played have gone under. Really? Yeah. I, don't know, I know you're a big hockey guy. I don't know yeah. if you bet on hockey, but yeah. Uh, it's definitely been uh, an interesting postseason, and I'm loving it. Even if you guys, and we'll get into baseball right now, but even if you don't love hockey, Jake, uh, you can attest to this, Jake. Postseason hockey is the greatest thing ever. Oh, it's it's amazing. So I get that people don't like the regular season. I get people don't like the regular season NBA, but um, playoffs, it's it's second to none in those sports. Just the the competitive game after game after game. Um, and in basketball, you know, big shots. at the last second in hockey you get a team trailing with the empty net and it just things get wild really quick so if you haven't given it a shot uh now would be a great time to do so because the production on like um on live tv like you can't i keep forgetting that there are no fans at these they've done a great bunch of different sports 
So they've done an awesome job producing it, and it really feels like playoff hockey in any other year. DraftKings reached out to me today. Uh, Jordan from DraftKings reached out to me today and asked me if I wanted a cutout in the Philly stadium. I said, you're (laughs) damn right I do. So when when will you be on then? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's re- they're emailing me, and I guess I got to send them like a a body picture of myself, and they're going to cut it out and put it. On. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. That, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I was wondering how people how they choose people for that. Uh, so maybe DraftKings bought up a couple, and they're giving them to uh, to you, a, a loyal uh, player over there. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, there's no like games that you can go to, but hey. Throw my head in there and get that shit rolling, man. I can't wait. Anyway, you ready to get this show rolling? Let's let's do it. Boston, New York Yankees. Jordan Montgomery toeing the rubber for the New York Yankees. On the other side, we've got Martin Perez. Uh, as of now, we've got the Yankees favored minus 150 on the money line. A 5.6 run implied total. The Boston Red Sox sitting at 4.5. Now, this is not this is not the Red Sox team that we had become accustomed to seeing over the years. Uh, as a matter of fact, not even close. They dropped another one to the Yankees yesterday, Sunday night baseball. They are now six and sixteen on the season. The Yankees are fifteen and six. Uh, the Boston Red Sox now, Jake, have one of the worst records in the league, uh, and this lineup ha- has been a shell of its old self. And a lot of the guys that are anti- were anticipated to be able to produce big numbers this year uh, have have really let you know let the team down, let fantasy owners down for sure. Now, look, that's not to say that J.D. Martinez um, doesn't doesn't turn things around, but you know he has not looked great early on. Uh, ben Intendi is on the IL; he had been struggling. A lot of these guys have just not looked. Uh, Raphael Devers is another one. They're just not a good baseball team right now, which makes it interesting. Uh, to get your take on the left-handed Jordan Montgomery today, while Boston is a is has struggled, they do still have a 4.6 run implied total, and they can load this lineup with right-handers. As of now, though, projected for one, two, three, four, five, six righties and three lefties. Yeah, and I thought maybe so. Montgomery was kind of a bigger strikeout pitcher than what he's shown this season, just 15% K rate. Um, so that's the concern I have with Montgomery, even at a sub AK price tag, I got to about 10% of him. So I guess I got to over the field, uh, but that was utilizing the top pitcher tool where he grades out. Okay. In Alex's rankings, a little bit under owned in terms of being a top two pitcher on DraftKings. Uh, on DraftKings. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine. If I get, a little bit of Montgomery. I don't think he's going to be a guy I'm super heavy on, um, on DK. And then, uh, man, Martin Perez, 5,800. I'm always looking to play some of these guys, but even with the watered down Yankees lineup, um, not a guy who gets a lot of strikeouts, uh, basically for his entire career. So, um, I'm probably, I'm probably just passing on Perez. Um, and then, yeah, the Yankees bats look awesome with the big total, um, looks like some good weather for right-handed pole hitters as well. A little bit of wind blowing out to left field and uh, humid as well if the temperature gets up. Yankees are a strange team, man. They've had speed on the base paths this year. Well, at least more than I would have anticipated. Um, I guess actually, no, they're probably pretty much middle of the league, but they have the, a top five K rate against lefties this season. Only 129 plate appearances, but look, if there's one thing we do know about the Yankees – 
they do have some strikeouts in this lineup. The problem I have is, can we rely even a little bit on Martin Perez to strike them out? Uh, and I, I think the answer is mostly no. Uh, this year, again, he's got a sub 20% K rate against left hand or against right-handed bats. That's clearly not what you're looking for. And, you know, all in all, it's just such a good Yankees team. I'll be, I'll be honest. I thought the Yankees would actually have a slightly higher implied total, but it's still one of the higher ones on the day. Martin Perez in 2020 has an 8.8% swinging strike rate against opposite handed bats. Um, X Woba of 323 and X ISO of 177, which isn't terrible. It's just not great. Do you have interest in, in Yankees stacks here, knowing that right now, and one thing we should always be clear about, sometimes a team will get very little ownership for one reason, and that's just that they're super expensive. But here's the thing. Aaron Judge uh, is on the IL, and I don't know when he's coming back. It looks like um, he should be he should be back. He said he feels 100%, right? But he's still not going to be back for at least a few days. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton also on the IL with that hamstring strain. So their projected lineup today is Hicks, Urshela, uh, Luke Voigt, Gleyber Torres, Gary Sanchez, Brett Gardner, Clint Frazier, uh, Miguel Andujar, and Estrada. But the weird thing is, if you remember last year, they had half of their lineup injured and they were still absolutely dominant at the plate. So this mm-hmm. doesn't exactly get me too excited for uh, Martin Perez. I guess the question is now that they're a little bit cheaper and knowing that their ownership right now is projected at only 6.9%, uh, which is you know lower than I would have anticipated. Do you have interest in Yankee stacks? Yeah, they're going to be sub 10% ownership. Uh, I don't see any reason to get off of them. So yeah, you're going to have to throw in like Andujar and Frazier towards the bottom of the lineup. Probably it's not the cheapest stack in the world, but it, these guys are all basically mid fours. So yeah, I like me some Yankee stacks here. Um, Going to be a bunch of balls in play against a, a pitcher who struggles with hard contact and Martin Perez. Any interest in Red Sox hitters? They're getting virtually no ownership. Top stack probabilities around four and a half percent ownership coming in right now before any updates around 3.7. Uh, Jordan Montgomery has been, you know, I think we at at this stage of the game, we know exactly what we're going to get from Montgomery. He's not a bad pitcher, uh, but he has given up a home run in each of his first three starts. He doesn't go particularly deep into games either, which is a little bit concerning once you get the Yankees bullpen in there. Yeah, I got to a bunch of J.D. Martinez and then a few shares of Xander Bogarts, but um, Red Sox look like more of a filler stack to me than anything. They're also pretty cheap, but I really would want to focus on, you know, one through four, Pilar, Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts, and I'm not even sure how many stacks I'm going to get to uh, on Boston. It's just not a very good lineup once you get past the top few guys. It's not. I feel like, yeah, two or three t- two or three uh, hitters from the, the Red Sox is enough for me. Uh, once you start loading up on them, it, it starts getting ugly. Plus, uh, the Yankees are just one of those teams where while I while I have an, enough respect for Jordan Montgomery, I, I just kind of feel like this is an instance where once you get to the bullpen, uh, it's not going to be nearly as smooth sailing. And, and he's not the type of guy that gets absolutely rocked either. So uh, right now the Yankees – bullpen has one of the lowest xfips in the league and you know one of the the higher k rates so 
I think you're right. It's just a couple of those guys. And to me, it all comes down again to, to what type of prices we're looking at. Martinez is below 5K on DraftKings. That's appealing. Devers is 4,600. While these guys haven't been great, we do know the power is there. We do know they're at good spots in the lineup, uh, and that makes them more appealing than they should be. Uh, anything else on this game? I think that is all. All right. Let's go Miami, New York Mets. We've got – so Yamamoto pitching for the Miami Marlins. This guy last year really wasn't bad. I believe last year was his rookie season. Uh, he came up mid-year, I believe. But uh, this year has been – entirely different story. He's coughed up multiple home runs in both of his starts. He hasn't gone deeper than four innings uh, in each of them either. Uh, when you start, and, and granted, it's a very small sample size, but when you start looking at some of these numbers, uh, I'd say it's pretty concerning. He's virtually getting no swinging strikes. His swinging plus called strike percentage is 25%. Um, uh, across the board, he's he's just doing, he, the, the one thing he's done is he hasn't walked a ton of batters, which, you know, sure, I, I guess that's solid. But the New York Mets, while their offense has definitely gone cold, they just got swept by the Phillies, uh, they, they probably could give him trouble. But I'll throw this to you and, and, and let you run with it. Yamamoto has actually been striking out a lot of batters. Mm-hmm. He struck out 43% of the 14 batters he's faced against lefties. And then against righties, he's just striking nobody out. So uh, it's such a small sample size that I probably think he comes, he, he gets grounded a little bit, but still not a pitcher that, that I feel entirely comfortable with. No, hard to feel comfortable um, after his first couple starts here. Um, what's it, 17? Okay, so he is fully rested, um, pitched on the 12th last. And last year yeah. he did strike out 25% of batters he faced. So it's, it's yeah. not like he can't get strikeouts. Uh, it, it's just more so a matter of, can he limit the runs to stay in the, to stay on the mound for long mm-hmm. enough? Yeah, that's going to be the question. Uh, pretty tough Mets lineup. Uh, five run implied total in this park. You don't see a ton of teams get to that uh, in Miami. It's not a great hitters park. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a really scary lineup. So sixty six hundred. You're not even getting that big of a discount on Yamamoto for what he's been. Um, I know he had a really good stretch last year and he got up to like the nine K's on, on DK at some point, I guess the top stack or the top pitcher tool does like Yamamoto because it looks like people just won't play him at all. So for 6,600, if you just wanted a low own guy um, in a, in a good pitcher's park, he's not the worst option. Um, is he a guy that I'm going to get to, you know, 20, 30, 40% of, no, I don't think there's a chance that, that that's the case. Um, it's just a cheap pitcher. And uh, I think I would much rather have some of these Mets bats if I could only choose one. Yeah. Yamamoto ownership uh, on a single pitcher site like FanDuel, you're obviously getting nothing there. Uh, but even on even on DraftKings, you're looking at like 2% ownership. Uh, on our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, Yamamoto coming in at 0.5% at $26. It's just it's it's not a spot I feel comfortable with. Uh, I, I don't think there, there is one spot. There is one thing. The guy does stri- he has struck out twenty five percent of batters uh, in around eighty. Let's see here, in eighty six innings pitched at the major league level, he struck out twenty five percent of batters. Yeah. So that's at least okay. But 
he 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 has a nine percent or eight point eight percent swinging strike rate over those innings. So it's not like he misses a ton of bats. And I think that's one of the things that stands out to me. Uh, is this really a guy who's going to be able to give us those type of strikeout numbers sustainably? Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say the answer to that is no, because even in 65 innings in double A ball, mind you, he came straight from double A. He wasn't striking out even a batter per inning he had a 23 percent K rate. So uh, I think you see that come back down a little bit. Uh, and it's something that once batters start to figure him out uh, will be even less appealing. What about on the other side? Uh, Franklin with a Y, Colome, is uh, anticipated to be the probable long guy in this. He threw 63 pitches on August 1st. Um, that's really the last time that he's thrown at the major league level, This and the only time this year. He was recalled from the Mets' alternate training site on Sunday, so yesterday, um, and in his big league debut earlier this year, like I said, four innings, two runs, a home run. He did strike out five, though. So I started to dig into him a little bit and see, all right, what, what type of pitch are we looking at? How, how far can he go, first of all? Um, and as a long guy, you would really want him to be, I think, a lot cheaper than he is, Jake. And, and that's my biggest concern. Like, he, he doesn't seem to be a prolific strikeout guy, and you're not getting a dirt cheap price tag on him either, even though it's the Marlins. Right. So I, I was seeing uh, Jusselman. Uh, I didn't see a long reliever, but yeah, it looks like DraftKings has Colome, um, but he's 7,300 and we don't really know how deep he's going to go. So that makes it tough when it's an 11 game slate. There's a bunch of guys in this range that, you know, can go five or six innings um, if things kind of break their way. So I, unless he has some crazy projection or he's got a two X projection or something and Alex anticipates him, to be a really good value, um, I'm probably just passing on him altogether for 7,300. It's just too too many uh, uncertainties in a sport we already don't know. Like there's just so much variance already. So taking a guy that might throw 60 pitches might not uh, for 7,300 is tough. What about um, what about bats? Anderson at at 4,300 uh, batting cleanup is is fine on the Marlin side. And then I agree with you on Yamamoto. Like guys don't often have a 25% K rate, but the 9% swinging strike rate. I know there's very strange. Yeah. And a yeah. lower and, and a higher K rate at the major league level than they did at the minors. Even, even though you can make adjustments, it's still weird. Super. Uh, yeah. Cause he came up straight from double a. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm not saying he's a fluke. He, he could have improved over the off season. Um, maybe he will be this pitcher, but uh I don't know necessarily if he's a 25% K rate pitcher um, for like the duration of this season. So I don't know. I mean, I would be more looking at like Conforto and, and Pete Alonzo and Smith, try to get a couple home runs off of Yamamoto. Um, those are the guys I'm targeting a little bit on, on the Mets side here. Okay. Uh, if, if you move on to the, to the next game, you've got Tuki Toussaint and um for the for the uh, for the Braves going up against the Washington Nationals, uh, Anibal Sanchez on the bump for Washington. Tuki Toussaint's kind of interesting. Uh, he throws a 94 mile per hour fastball. It's it's a decent enough pitch. Uh, he throws that curve and splitter a lot as well. So uh, he does have some breaking stuff. The problem is his he he hasn't been able to really piece together those starts that you need from a starter to feel good about them. Uh, he had. One very solid start this year, 
And then the others have been very concerning. 2.2 innings. He didn't get through the third, four innings, uh, which was strange because he actually pitched well outside of a few uh, a few walks. Uh, and then his last start against the Yankees, I think both of us would be willing to give him somewhat of a pass there. He uh, he got he got jacked up across four frames, but he actually and interestingly does have some interesting stuff working for him uh, as far as his breaking stuff goes. So listen to this, Jake. Uh, this year he's throwing the four seamer thirty three percent of the time, the curve twenty nine percent, the splitter twenty three percent. He threw last year uh, and the year prior. He threw basically the same percentages, although this year, and, and this is what I like to see. I love when guys drop the sinker and, and start throwing the four-seamer more. So his four-seam usage is up 11%, and he's completely scrapped the uh, the sinker. Now, I don't know if it was a two-seam fast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fastball that's being miscalculated now as a slider because it shows that he's throwing a slider at 13%. But his splitter's getting 22% whiffs. His curve is getting 21% whiffs. Those are really good. Like if that, if he held that up throughout the year, I'm telling you right now, Tuki Toussaint ends up having a really good strikeout season. It's just a matter of of whether or not this is real uh, and and whether or not it's it's sustainable. But let me tell you something. Those are really good numbers that if you're looking at a pitcher and you're curious to see whether or not they can give you good numbers, um, he has a 14.2% swinging strike rate this year. Those are really good numbers. It's just, can he produce against Washington and can he keep this up? Right. It's just going to be a matchup thing. Like I, I think Toussaint is a guy we should probably keep our eyes on, especially if he has a bad start here. I don't know his upcoming schedule, but um, he's going to have, he's going to be someone I uh, keep on the back burner a little bit. Maybe his price goes down if he struggles here, but the, the Nats are just a really tough strikeout matchup, just over 21% against righties this season. I know the WRC plus, isn't great, but they've still got good hitters and kind of power and speed uh, all throughout this lineup. So I, I don't think I'm going to be on Toussaint today. I only got to a couple uh, on my 150. Um, but he, I agree with you. He does look like a guy who, like, he's the opposite of Yamamoto. He looks like he should have a 25% K rate if he keeps these chase numbers up and these uh, these plate, just overall plate discipline numbers. So, uh, I think I'm going to like him in future starts, but here it's just a brutal matchup with basically a five total against him. Yeah, it's tough. I do think he's someone that we should be paying close attention to for sure, though, because you know, he, those numbers are looking a lot different than we've seen in the past, man. Uh, and, and, I, and, I'm, 
I'm pretty interested. If this slider's real, he's getting 15% whiffs on that too, and he stopped throwing the sinker. Like that is exactly what I want to see. Uh, the, the pitch that's been getting banged up the most uh, is that uh, curveball and the slider. But he's he's missing bats. So I'll be paying a lot of attention to him this year, uh, at least in the, in the coming starts and especially tonight. But, yeah, it, it is a tough go against Washington. And I think we're, we're about to get to some pitchers that, that we like a lot more. Uh, with, but, yeah, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, it, it, it's – it is kind of it is kind of a tough spot, and there's a lot of power here. Like you said, a, a run total up around five. But I might sneak in a little bit of Tucson. He does the, the Braves do have a five point eight run implied total against Anibal Sanchez. What do you make of this matchup? Um, I mean, I like Braves here, six total almost uh, for for Atlanta. Um, so like raw raw point wise, they're going to be up there as one of the top stacks, but they're just really popular. Um, right now they're our most overown stack. Like they don't have a better chance of being the top stack by much than uh, the Yankees, which are a team that are getting half the ownership basically. Um, so I, unless their ownership comes way down, I don't think I'm going to get to a lot of them just because I use all the tools on the site. Um, but this is the kind of thing where if you're building a lineup, I think you're going to see a cheap team with a big total and they're just going to fit in so nicely. But as we know, that's not really how you win long-term in MLB DFS. So nothing against the Braves. I think they're probably going to score a handful of runs here more often than not against Sanchez. I don't think you need to go to Sanchez, um, but it's just a, uh, it looks like it's going to be an ownership thing with them. And they've got $3,700 Duvall, $3,500 Marquegas, $3,500 Camargo, and then the studs up top. Uh, Freeman, Ozuna, Swanson, like they're just kind of too good of value to play, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but oh, man, that is a lot of ownership right now. Their, their top stack probability is way low, like less than half of half of their ownership. It's a little bit concerning for sure. Uh, does is there any is there any reason why you could see getting to Anibal Sanchez as a viable approach, or is this just kind of an ignore both spots? Because I think one of the reasons, by the way, Jake, that people really like, and if you mention this, my apologies. Oh, for good. some reason, Chrome just made Yahoo my my default search engine, <laughs> and I can't figure out how to change it. Somebody in chat that knows more than myself, because I'm done with this stuff, and I went in the settings and it won't work. Tell me how to get this 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 back to um to to Google. Listen, Yahoo, great daily fantasy sports product. I love it. But I don't want the search bar. Anyway, uh, Anibal Sanchez gave up four home runs, four home runs in his first start. Uh, one home run last time out. He's allowed a ton of runs, a ton of hits. He's not getting uh, – he's just getting worked over. So I do think that has a lot of reason to why this is, is the case. He's been completely worked over early on. Yeah, maybe finally falling off the hill after um, after a little bit of a resurgence in his career after leaving Detroit. Um, I, I mean, yeah, Freeman's probably one of the better home run targets of the day. I, I think you probably put Ozuna up there. Uh, so it's a really scary fade if you're going to completely fade Atlanta. I, I might just – what I've been doing with a lot of these super overrun stacks is just Xing them out for my main stack and then allowing to get some – one-offs, some two-mans, and maybe even some three-mans if you're doing five threes or four three one. Okay. Um, so Atlanta, like, I don't think I'm going to have no Atlanta. 
my highest home guy right now is Freeman. Um, but it's about a third of his ownership. We've got him at over 20%. Um, there's always so many good first basemen and, uh, 5,300 is like, he's priced and owned probably like he should be for this matchup. So hard for me to want to get more than what we have Freeman being owned at right now. 209 ISO against righties for the Braves this year. That's one of the best in the league. They've got a three, definitely a different variation than what we saw yep. last year uh, with Ozuna in there. Adam Duvall, a couple guys that will strike out, but also have a lot of power. I get why they're heavily owned. Uh, I just, if they're going to be that popular, I'm with you. I think you have to look elsewhere, especially Jake, when it's an 11 game slate, that's yeah. a, that makes a big difference with having 22 teams to choose from. Yeah, outside of Coors, we don't often see teams getting 15% aggregate ownership. Um, and that's basically what Atlanta's is at on DraftKings right now. So great, great value. Um, but the, those value teams get super overowned sometime. All right, let's keep it moving. Before we do, uh, hit that thumbs up if you guys haven't done so yet. You know, uh, we immensely appreciate it. It helps us out a ton here to combat that pesky algorithm on YouTube. Uh, and it helps us keep doing what we do here uh, and keep making it free on the YouTubes. So uh, hit that. if you haven't subscribed yet, by the way, do that as well. And hit the notification bell so you always know when new content is going to be dropping next. And by the way, if you guys um, haven't checked out Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports yet, there's no reason not to do it. I've said a million times, I, I love it for football specifically, and we've got football right around the corner. But the best way to get ready for something like football is start preparing with other sports. Get used to how things work on Yahoo, right? Because they already included uh, CSV uploads. They have the CSV edit features. Um, they have essentially um, everything that all of these other sites have now, right? Because before there was a thing, well, man, I, they made – because it used to be only like 10 entry max – and it was, all right, well, we have MME, but we don't have CSV uploads and edits. Now they do. So you can do, you know, if you're using Cruncher, uh, you could do anything you want to do on Yahoo to make better lineups uh, and give yourself that competitive edge, especially uh, if you know how to use Cruncher. But even if you don't, um, there are some lower stakes contests that are great, attainable prizes over there. Like you can legitimately win real money, take first place without having to throw in 150 lineups. And They've got some management free contests as well, uh, meaning everything that you pay into this contest, if there's a thousand players putting in $3 each, all of that goes straight to the prize pool, comes back out to the players. None of it goes to the site itself. So, um, you know, it's a win-win situation. If you haven't tried it out, go get those YSRPs up to $30 in Yahoo Sports rewards points when you sign up using the promo code AWESOMO. There's nothing to lose. Only something to gain. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Check them out today. Uh, great baseball contest, basketball. And like I said, get prepped for football season because they're going to have some monster NFL contests. Familiarize yourself with the site. Build that bankroll up a little bit and put yourself in a position to crush when the next three weeks comes around and we've got professional football. All right, uh, Jake, Toronto and Baltimore. Injun Ryu and Alex Cobb. Ryu's an interesting case study all the time because – you kind of know that he's never going to throw 100 pitches, or at least he never did under Dave Roberts. But he's thrown 93 or 92 or more pitches in three of his last four starts. Um, he got blown up in his, in his second start. He didn't get out of the fifth in either of his first two starts. 
But now his last two starts have looked a lot more like the Hinjin Ryu that we uh, became accustomed to seeing over the past few years. 11 innings of one-run ball, only three hits allowed. Now, he walked a handful of batters, but he struck out 15 batters over those 11 innings. That is really encouraging for me to see. Uh, and it came against Miami and Atlanta, one of which has been a very difficult matchup. Now he gets a spot against the Baltimore Orioles, who, believe it or not, have actually played markedly better baseball than I think anyone could have ever imagined, right? I don't think anyone expected the Orioles to actually be beating up on teams, sweeping teams, have a strikeout rate of 18% against lefties in 143 plate appearances. Believe it or not, when I tell you this, you, you're not going to believe me. The, 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 the Baltimore Orioles have the second highest WRC plus against lefties, 152. You know who the highest is? It's the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> They have, they have weighted on base averages of almost 400. ISOs of 286 and 283, respectively, sub-20% K rates. That's going to change, of course. But in a 60-game season, I'm not sure how much it will change. So what, have you, what do you make of Baltimore here? Uh, and, and what do you make of somebody like Ryu, whose first two starts were disastrous, second two have looked elite? Yeah, I mean, at least, you know, we talk about small samples all the time, but it's better to see positive things in a small sample if you're looking to play someone. Um, and the Orioles, like, not only are they hitting the ball really well against lefties, they're not striking out either. Um, so at, at first I was thinking, yeah, Ryu probably going to be a guy I look to in this range, especially to get off of some of the more popular guys that we're going to talk about. Um, but that, that K rate scare me a little bit. It's under 19%. Um, again, small sample, 143 plate appearances for the Orioles against lefties, uh, but they've been really good. And, um, yeah, I, I think Ryu is just kind of priced appropriately. He's not getting owned. So if you guys think you see something in the matchup uh, or you think these Orioles numbers are fluke, um, 9,400, he's basically 6% owned right now on DK. Um, I don't think he's that much worse than uh, these other options that are going to be owned 30-plus percent. Yeah. Um... Ownership is going to be interesting here for sure. Uh, on Yahoo, you've got Ryu at 16.7%. On, on DraftKings, Hinjin Ryu's ownership coming in at 6% at 9,400. Uh, and FanDuel, where you're only rostering one pitcher, Ryu coming in at 5%. That is strikingly low for, for, for somebody like Ryu. I, I guess I, I wonder – uh, is is there something to this Baltimore team? I guess we can only find out, but uh, they've looked good and they're not striking out. It, it is a pretty big shock, Jake. Yeah, the problem with going to Baltimore, and this is something that you're going to see, especially with people that use optimizers, which is more and more people we see all the time. Um, the optimizer is almost always going to prioritize like the Braves, which are, it's weird. The, the totals are like a run and a half difference or even more compared to uh, the Orioles compared to the Braves, but the pricing is pretty similar. Nunez, uh, Severino, Santander, and Alberto are all mid four Ks. So if you just wanted to be different, taking some Orioles bats as a pivot away from the really chalky Braves bats, maybe not too bad of an idea here. Okay. What else from this game? Alex Cobb toe in the rubber for Baltimore here. Uh, as of now, it's only 11.39 Eastern time, but uh, the Orioles have a 4.2 run implied total. 
The Toronto Blue Jays going up against Cobb are sitting at 4.9, so uh, a pretty healthy total for them. Any interest here against Cobb? The top stacks and see Toronto's a team that's like perpetually overowned in the top stack tool, uh, like going back to last season. And they're always because they're always so cheap. Yeah, but here they're not. The Braves are just soaking up everything. So I, I prefer the Blue Jays bats over Baltimore. But either way, you're going to be different if you take bats from this game, it looks like. Uh, one guy, I know it's righty-righty, but I like Grichuk a lot for 3,700, assuming he's batting somewhere near the top of the lineup. Um, and then really the only expensive guy is Biggio here. I guess Vlad Guerrero Jr., um, 4,800 batting sixth, it looks like. Um, yeah, the, the Blue Jays look good to me against the guy with the 17% K rate going back to the start of last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I was looking, I was looking at Alex Cobb a little bit and was a little bit surprised at what I saw. He, he's, he's getting swinging strikes at, at 12% and he's actually had a couple really strong games this season. So I was like, are the, is he just getting lucky with these strikeouts? Is he just getting called strikes and, and it's working that way. But yeah, he had a seven strikeout game against Miami. Uh, one run of, across five innings. He went five and a third with a one run and six strikeouts against Boston to open the season. Uh, and then he's had a couple other starts where he's been, you know, pretty underwhelming. But I think you know we do know a lot about Alex Cobb, and, and in general, he hasn't been somebody that's produced extremely good numbers. He's a sinker, curve, uh, splitter guy, and. The, the one thing I've noticed is that the splitter is getting an insane amount of misses this year. 26% whiffs uh, is wild. He's throwing that pitch 37% of the time. So uh, I, depending on ownership, I actually would have had some interest in Alex Cobb, as crazy as that sounds, uh, and also the price that you're getting him at. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Alex Cobb a little bit cheaper, number one. Uh, that is not the case. He's $7,300. Uh, and I also would have liked to have seen um, the ownership. I, I, right now, the Toronto ownership is very low. Alex Cobb's ownership is very low as well. So the problem with me, Jake, is there just doesn't seem to be much of an advantage there to trying to be different with Alex Cobb when the Toronto bats aren't popular either. Right. I mean, in general, I think our ownership does a good – it uh, gives you a good idea of who are like the good plays or maybe the best plays. And so if he's not being owned at all, then – I'm probably not going to get to him much unless it's just a complete miss on um, like our projection, but that doesn't often happen. You get the number one player uh, offering up projections every day. So um, yeah, I don't really feel the need to get to Cobb right now. All right, let's uh, move on. Talk about the Detroit Tigers. Like I said, crushing lefties this year uh, and the Chicago White Sox, Gio Gonzalez on the bump. For the White Sox, uh, look, is this Detroit power real against lefties? I want to say that it's probably not as real as it looks, but maybe it's okay uh, because they do have a lot of switch hitting bats. They do have, uh, you know, a few guys that can hit for a bit of power. But uh, it, to me, there, this might be somewhat of an, a, a mirage. Nevertheless, Jake, uh, when I read you these numbers, it, it, I think it's surprising to everyone. A 153 ISO leads the league right now. 286, or sorry, 153 WRC plus leads the league. 286 ISO leads the league. 397 weighted on base average leads the league against lefties. They're striking out 19.2%. Only 167 plate appearances. So 
I would anticipate this coming back down to earth and they're beating them up. But uh, it's not like Vegas has paid much attention to it because Toronto or the, the Tigers only have a 4.3 run implied total. Five you in the majors gave up four straight home runs. Thank God for his sake, there was nobody in attendance. But uh, yeah, 5.3 for the Sox, 4.3 for the Tigers. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, the Tigers, their their numbers are getting to the point where they're getting a little bit scary against lefties as well. Similar to to the Orioles, uh, basically a 19% K rate. And you got Gio, who's a 20-ish percent K rate guy. Uh, Going to get a bunch of righties here, probably nine righties with a bunch of switch hitters for Detroit. Uh, so I think I'm pretty comfortable crossing him off or at least getting close to crossing him off. Um, and then... Boyd, a guy with home run issues against uh, one of the better lineups in all the MLB. Uh, this White Sox team, you just alluded to the power they had hitting a bunch of home runs yesterday. Um, they're just stacked one through seven. So like Boyd's at 17%. I think if it was this spot last year, he might be the chalkiest pitcher on the slate. Um, but I think people have caught on to the White Sox being uh, one of the worst lineups to face. Um, so I think I got to about 25% of Boyd, uh, but I also got to a bunch of White Sox in my 150. So uh, if I, I guess if I had to play one side of it, which I don't, I mean, if you, if you multi-enter, um, if I had to play just one side, I'd probably look to a pretty low owned uh, White Sox stack here. I'm not going to lie. I really like the White Sox today. I guess they're I, not even that low owned. Uh, they're the fourth highest ownership on the slate the white Sox are yeah so there's atlanta oh, i thought you said they were low on my <clears throat> yeah i thought they were i was looking at some of their in- with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Individual ownerships, but it looks like aggregate, um, you know, everyone's getting a little bit. So it's it's the Braves and then the Dodgers, and then it just kind of falls off a cliff. Interesting. Yeah. This White Sox team is just really dangerous. Yep. Like really dangerous. And the, the one thing I really like here is, yes, a few – like you're going to be paying in the fours for these guys, but there isn't a single white Sox hitter above at five K or above uh, from Anderson to Moncada to Yasmani Grandal, Abreu, Encarnacion, Jimenez, Robert. Uh, those guys you know, are, are all pretty dangerous bats. We saw it yesterday. They literally went back to back to back to back four straight home runs. Uh, it's really impressive stuff. And yes, Matthew Boyd has, is, is a good pitcher. I think we can all appreciate that. He's one of the, one of the, He's, he's an above average Southpaw in this league for sure, but he definitely has not looked the same this year. I could tell you that much. Uh, and you know, that slider that he relies upon so much 
is is still missing bats. But outside of that, he's not getting a ton. Uh, and the slider, while it's missing bats, has been crushed for a 520 ISO. That is no bueno if you're Matthew Boyd and your best pitch. 706 isolated slugging against righties this season. Uh, he's thrown it 79 times, and it's been absolutely hammered despite getting uh, missed bats. So, yeah, I, I think you're running a bunch of righties or switch hitting bats out there. You have to have some interest in the White Sox because the pricing is is okay. So I don't mind that they're a little bit more expensive. It's still a team that that I that I'm interested in. And um, Matt Boyd is also somebody that will give up power to righties, which is pretty important in a spot like this. Uh, wrap this game up if you have anything left, Jake. Yeah, just uh, I mean I'm, I'm right there with you on the White Sox bats. Uh, I think you know a lot of these MLB teams have uh, a ton of upside game to game, but I think the White Sox pretty much every time they're going up against a non-ace. I wouldn't say Boyd is an ace. I agree above average. Um, and he's good for DFS because you can target against him. You can play him because if he's on, he's he's got 10 strikeout upside, I think. Um, and the White Sox are kind of that same team where if, if they're on and they're not striking out a bunch, uh, they're really, really dangerous. But I, I could see this being a, a really high uh, range of outcomes game. Um, for both Boyd and the White Sox bat. So I want both sides of it. Okay. Yeah, I like that as well. Uh, let's keep it going then. We'll talk Kansas City, Minnesota. Uh, Chris Bovich, and it looks like Devin Smeltzer is expected to be the, the probable long guy here. The totals on both, on, on both of these teams right now, you've got 4.2 for the Royals and 5.4 for the Twins. By the way, it looks like Matt Whistler should be the, the opener here. Yeah, 5.4 for the Twins against Bubich. Um is, is is this a minute? Well, for first question, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll get a pretty easy answer out of you here. Is there any pitching that interests you in this game? Um, no, I don't think so. So what about bats? And, and, and I don't think so either. I have no interest on either side, and I'm not really trying to chase this opener – slash relief, long reliever, slash probably a bullpen game situation uh, for, for guys that already don't have considerable uh, ceilings to begin with in the strikeout department. But what about bats? Uh, Minnesota interest you? Yeah, a lot. Uh, going up against Bubik. Bubik? I don't Bubich? know. Bubich? Yeah. Uh, oh, the run total just changed. It looks like it went down a little bit. So they're at five now. They'll probably come down a little bit in the projections, but – uh, they were my number one stack um, going into uh, right before or when I crunched um, right before the show here. So, I mean, they're a team, same vein as the White Sox, where they're just awesome uh, as a lineup and you're getting good ownerships on all of these guys outside of Garver, uh, who's probably going to lead off for 5K. He's getting quite a bit of ownership on DK. Um you're getting Polanco at sub 10%. You're getting, um, you're getting Buxton basically unowned. And as a nine hitter, he's not too bad. You're getting Rosario at 5%. Uh, I love this twins team. I don't really see a reason to get off of them at all, especially because um, it looks like you're already being different by not going to Atlanta or LA. Like they're as good of a team as anyone for DFS. So I'm all over Minnesota here, assuming their ownership stays intact. Okay. So am I. Uh, God, I feel like 
there should probably be higher ownership here, but there isn't. Uh, there, like you said, it falls off a cliff after Atlanta and the Dodgers, which you know needs to be kept in mind. But Minnesota at below six percent. Yeah. To me, that's crazy. What's that? That's crazy. Yeah, it, it is, and I guess like Nelson Cruz being fifty seven hundred, so th- so that plays a role for sure. But Miguel Sano is up there, Mitch Garver, but you're going to also get some pretty discounted bats as well. Like if if you're looking at the five hole, the the, the four hole, Eddie Rosario, these guys are not very expensive. Uh, Eddie Rosario, presumably batting cleanup, it's going to be a, a lefty lefty matchup, which is kind of tough, but. I don't think it's going to be that difficult to stack twins bats. So I'm with you. Uh, I, I definitely like them. And like you said, what they, they updated to five runs, 5.1 runs. Yeah. 5, 5.1 is what I'm seeing right now. Okay. 5.1. That's okay. I still like them. Maybe, maybe their ownership will come down as a result and we'll all be happy. Uh, just pulling up one more thing here before we move on that the weather was really weird this weekend. It actually wasn't hot. Uh, at least where I'm at in the Northeast. Uh, right now, yeah, like 74 degrees in, in Minnesota. I'm not seeing any games that are going to be you know, super hot outside of like maybe Atlanta. So uh, it seems like today's one of those games where weather won't play a significant role. Let's keep going here. Unless you have anything for the Kansas City Royals you want to jump into. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to move it on. Texas and San Diego. Uh, Zach Davies, Jordan Lyles. Here's a fun one. Uh, Zach Davies, just not a guy that's going to get you a ton of K's, although he does have five plus strikeouts and three or four starts this season. Uh, that was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, but, you know, once you start actually looking at what you're getting from Zach Davies, I said this a lot, but he's somebody that's good at limiting runs uh, and he's not someone that's going to continue getting it's, it, the strikeouts aren't really sustainable unless he's going deep into games and he's getting four or five. Sure. But 9% swinging strike rate. He does have a 30.4% called plus swinging strike rate, which is a bit above average. Uh, and that's not surprising to me. He can get called strikes. Uh, he will get called strikeouts. Uh, but there's the, the, at, at his current price, uh, you'd be very hard-pressed to make an argument that Zach Davies is worth paying 8K plus for uh, in, in any spot, really. Yeah. I think uh, the reason, if there is a reason to play Davies today, it's that you would just be getting different for the sake of being different at one of your pitcher spots on DK. Um, and you really love the Braves bats and don't want to get off of them. Um, like you shouldn't be one fiftieth of the ownership of some of these guys in his range. So, uh, that'd be the reason to play Davies. I got to a few shares of him. Um, but it's not like I'm pumped to be playing a bunch of Zach Davies today because, because I'm really not. Um, just against a team in Texas that strikes out a little bit. Davies hasn't been too bad. Um, you're looking for around a K per inning in five or six innings. And then a couple of the guys in his range, a little bit more expensive, the Zach Allens and uh, Griffin Cannings to kind of fail in their price range. So, Jordan Lyles has walked 21% of lefties this year and struck out 16.7%. He has a minus 4.8 K minus BB rate, which is unbelievably bad. Like just astounding. I I know he hasn't faced a lot of batters, but it has been a real struggle for him. 6.97 XFIP. And then against righty striking out 15% of them. Jordan Lyles. I'm, I'm really like NBA pricing today is insanely crazy on DraftKings. Certain guys are way cheaper than they should be. 
on DraftKings for pitching, I got to say, I don't know how some of these pitchers are as expensive as they are. Like Jordan Lyles, even against San Diego, a team that, you know, might give you some strikeouts, but also has uh, a good amount of power scattered throughout this lineup. Jake, he should be 5,500, like maybe 6K. Yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, outside of not playing him, I don't know what you really do with that. Uh, and besides play Padres bats, I guess. Uh, Tatis is always a guy I'm looking to play as a one-off. Uh, he's a guy that I kind of go out of my way uh, on FC to increase his randomness just because he's so high upside. He's obviously a very good hitter, and I do that for some of these other guys, but just wanted to point him out at 5,400. I'm going to find a way to get to double digits of him. Um, probably good on Lyles, and I suppose if you wanted to go to like a one, two, three stack from the Padres, that's a uh, – that doesn't look too shabby to me. I, I'm actually interested in in these Padres bats quite a bit for a couple of reasons. Jordan Lyle's swinging strike rate is 5.8%. First of all, that's just absolute garbage. Uh, it's, it's really, really bad. His zone contact rate is 90%. He's got an 85% overall contact rate. Like these are these are some numbers that that when I look at them, I I I cringe because of how badly he should be getting hit. Uh, he hasn't really, as far as home runs go, he's allowed three of them. So it's not like he's been absolutely lit up, but he's going to put bait. He's going to put runners on base. He's going to walk them. He's going to give up hits. And here's the crazy part, right? We know that, that we get pretty good ideas of ground ball and fly ball rates very early in a season and a career, from unless uh, from pitchers unless they change up their style you know unless they change their arsenal so it's not strikeouts as well there are certain things that take a longer time to 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 normalize but not in this case he's allowing 53% fly balls uh so 53% fly balls he's missing no bats whatsoever uh and he's he's giving up a ton of hard contact so if you ask me this is probably a spot that that I that we should all be willing to get behind these San Diego bats getting a nice park shift. I don't know if the roof is going to be open or closed, so uh, that's worth paying attention to. If the roof is open, Jake, this is actually one of those warm weather spots where you're getting 91 degrees at first pitch. So, uh, yeah, uh, that would change my tune a little bit. Maybe I just wrote off the Padres full stack uh, too quickly because really concerning uh, with Lyles. I mean, the numbers righty lefty, the numbers just overall, they're, they're awful. Um, yeah. So I had 2019 to 2020 up here on fan graphs and he doesn't look that bad with the larger sample, but man, hard to have any sort of confidence. He's going to miss any bats against San Diego, which is a team you need to miss bats against. Yep. That's a good point. You need to miss. Yeah. That's a very good point. Like if you can miss bats against San Diego, you're probably going to have pretty decent results. Otherwise, you could be in some trouble. We got four games to go here, Jake, before we do. Uh, just to throw this out there for anybody that's new to the channel, new to the stream, uh, new to Osimo, welcome, number one. Number two, if you haven't checked out Osimo.com yet, there's literally no better time to do it than right now. You've got NBA playoffs beginning today. Um, well, I, I guess if you count the play-in games, it began on Saturday, an awesome game. Uh, MLB in full swing. UFC has been absolutely fantastic from a sports betting and DFS perspective. 
you're talking football coming up in less than a month. We've got NASCAR. We've got, in my opinion, the preeminent PGA content out there with Ben Rossa and, George, uh, and, and Jason Russell putting in the work every single day. And really the best part, uh, the reason most a lot of people are willing to come to Awesomeo uh, and become subscribers is Alex Baker himself, Awesomeo, number one ranked DFS player in the world. He has his projections, his ownership, his top stack tools, all of his other tools, not just slapping his name on it, but these are his that he uses and develops and wins a ton of money with, which is why he's ranked number one. These are the same tools he uses. Now, granted, right, you have to know how to use them in, in order to win, but that's what we're here for. Always answering questions. We have a premium Slack chat, uh, premium Slack chat. We do office hours with a lot of our analysts. Alex does them, Ben, Josh, uh, Adam does them. And uh, to really help everybody that, that becomes a subscriber, want to stick around and want to become a better player uh, and not just throw them into the fire, but actually show them the right way to do it. We've got tutorial videos on all of that too. If you scroll to the bottom of awesomeo.com slash join, ways to use all of our most popular tools like the top stack tool, the lineup builder, the ownership projections, the player projections, and so much more. It's awesomeo.com slash join. And the last thing I'll say is, you can do an express weekly pass for less than $4 a week. You could do uh, an all access awesome plus weekly. I would always recommend going for the, the all access monthly. You get access to all of the sports, all of our premium content for all of the sports uh, for the month. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great value for sure. Uh, and basically you might think you only want to play one sport, but when you start looking, you dive in a little bit, you might really start to enjoy some of these other ones, especially when you're winning money. Check out the testimonials as well to know I'm not blowing smoke. Awesomeo.com slash join. Check it out. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me. Uh, Jake, I know, is is also open to that. We're the couple of, or a few, few people that actually are willing to open the DMs up on Twitter. Uh, so check it out, awesomeo.com slash join. And by the way, follow us uh, on Twitter. Greatly appreciated. Always liking to go back and forth with with our followers and talk sports. At Lafayette underscore D. You can see the, the, the Twitter handle right under my head. And at Jake Hari, both of us over there on Twitter, hit us up, say hello. All right, Jake, Houston, Colorado. We've got Brandon Bielek and uh, or Bielek and Kyle Freeman. Freeland, God, I can't get any names right today. This one is, is at Minute Maid Park. It's not going to be at Colorado. So that, I suppose, makes things relatively interesting. You know, Kyle Freeland away from Coors Field, really isn't that rough of a pitcher. As a matter of fact, even at Coors Field, he does a very good job of limiting runs. He's just, you know, one more pitchers uh, in a large group of pitchers that we've discussed on this show alone. As you guys can see, not a ton of great pitching options today from a strikeout standpoint. Kyle Freeland, you know, is another one of those guys who can limit runs to an uh, an, uh, excellent degree, but just really doesn't miss bats. Yeah. Um, Freeland's actually done, I mean, he's done a much better job. So he wasn't the guy that we saw last year. He wasn't the guy we saw two years ago where he was awesome. Um, and he's kind of showing somewhere, somewhere in the middle there. I don't think he's great for DFS, but he can be really frustrating to stack against. And I think that's uh, like the Astros aren't getting a ton of ownership, but this would be maybe a spot where if they were getting a lot of ownership, they were one of the chalkier stacks. I would probably be looking to go elsewhere. They're actually a very little bit overowned on DK right now. Um, looking at them on FanDuel, they're a little bit overowned, and then on Yahoo, they are also just a little bit underowned. But 
Like if you like Houston, I don't think the top stack tool is going to end up scaring you off. Um, but Freeland, I just don't know what to make of the guy. Uh, he's just been a different player from 2018 on. Um, and then the Astros, like they've struggled quite a bit. Uh, some of their best hitters. So I don't know. I'm probably off Houston looking at my exposures right now. Uh, I'm not getting to much of any of them uh, outside of Springer. I'm getting some. Uh, and then Bilek, he's just a $7,400 favorite. Um, he's a minus 153 favorite. Like you get Colorado, obviously outside of Coors. So he's a guy I'm going to mix in for sure here. But the more I look at the slate, the more I want to have exposure to a bunch of different pitchers. And I certainly don't want to overexpose myself to any of these guys uh, because even the chalky guys, I think there's things to point out about them that uh, whether it's matchup related or just like their numbers, um, like there's concerning pieces to all these guys. To me. Yeah. And Brandon Bilek, and anytime you've got a, and anytime you got a pitcher coming up for Houston, like I'm going to pay them some, some attention, right? Because they've just been, wildly successful in the past at developing and maturing young pitchers. So it's, it's something to keep in mind. Uh, it gets a decent amount of ground balls, nothing insane. Uh, his strikeout rate through 85 and two third innings at double a AA or AAA last year was 24.4% walked batters at a 10% clip. So, you know, I, I think this is probably going to be as of now, like a back of the rotation type guy. I don't see by like being one of these, profoundly special Houston pitchers uh, that, that works his way up through the ranks and blows everybody's minds. I think he's going to be someone that does a good job. And I've said this a lot today, but it's just, it's just a case. I think he'll probably do a good enough job of limiting runs, not giving up a ton of hard hit balls and a hard, and, and a lot of, um, and a lot of fly balls, but uh, 7,400 to me just is not appealing. Uh, I know Colorado outside of Coors is, is hardly the most threatening team, but at the same time, they still have some good bats here. Charlie Blackman's been ridiculously good. They can scatter a ton of lefties throughout the lineup. Uh, I, I'm, I'm personally good on that. Is Bailey getting any ownership? He is. Yeah, wow. he is. So I actually got 27%. He's 17% wow. owned. So he That's grades surprising out, to me. Yeah. He grades out pretty favorable to us. And then if you add in ownership, you compare him to like a Zach Gallon or even a Boyd, who's basically the same ownership percentage uh, Lyles, like all these guys, um, I don't think they're that different. So the ones that are going to be lower owned, uh, I find myself gravitating to those guys. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, maybe I have to look into it a little bit deeper. Uh, just on the surface, I, I wasn't seeing a ton with Bilek that really stood out to me. Uh, but I guess Colorado away from Coors uh, is one reason to have some interest. 4.3 run implied total is also pretty low. Violet's a 153 money line favorite. So I guess there's some in intrigue there. Any bats uh, that you haven't touched on yet? Um, 
I I think I'd mentioned Springer just leading off at 4,900. That's a guy I'm targeting some as a one-off against Freeland. Um, no one in particular I want to point out on Colorado. Like, you know, the, the good players are to, to play. Um, even outside of Coors, it's Story Blackman and Arenado. And I didn't realize, uh, isn't Blackman hitting like close to 500 this season? I know we don't talk about batting average much. Yeah, but it's sometimes sometimes it's fun, right? When a guy's been yeah. that good. Uh, you said Blackman, right? Yeah. 446. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. <laughs> he's been crushing it, man. It's 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 that's really insane. amazing how, how well he's performed. Uh, and another thing too is 451 at home. And like you said, not really someone that was going to come on here and talk about batting average a lot, but it's just an easy way right now to pull it up. 438 on the road, so. Uh, he's been equally as good outside of Coors Field, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's nuts. All right. So we got, what, three to go? All right, three to go here. Let's let's do this, Jake. Not making bad time for an 11-game slate. Always appreciate you guys sticking with us through the end, breaking all of these games down. And mind you, we will have shows coming up throughout the day, as we always do. Listen, it's the one spot that if you're if you're looking for content every day for really any sport, uh, there's nowhere else to look. You go to youtube.com slash awesome. And we've got you covered throughout the day. NHL strategy show with Jake is coming up. What time we got that coming up, Jake? That'll be uh, about 1230 Eastern. So right after. Oh, the show. OK. Um, yeah. Next time. Let me know. So I don't run you straight into that. Oh, you're I good. I you're good. I'm all I'm all ready for it. Yeah. OK. OK. Cool. Today, so. Cool. I, can just, I just got to start up a new stream and we're good. All right. Good stuff. PGA DFS first look Northern trust. That's coming up with Jason, Sal and Jeff at 2 PM. We got NBA live before lock. We've got MLB live before lock. We're in business, baby. All right. So all of that coming up throughout the day, make sure to stick with us. Seattle and the LA Dodgers, Jake Ross stripling, Justin Dunn uh, stripling right now, getting an excessive amount of ownership. But I think a, a lot of that is, is pretty understandable. The guy has pitched well. Uh, it's in it's in a matchup against the Seattle team that we have really thoroughly enjoyed targeting this year. Uh, I guess Stripling, when I say he's pitched well, he's had a couple of games where he's looked really good, uh, and then a few where he's been underwhelming. But uh, simply put, when you're talking about a team that's minus 287 on the money line, 6.1 run implied total, and Seattle has a 3.5 run implied total, you're simply going to get ownership to the pitcher, and there's no two ways around it. Yeah, Stripling's been he's been okay. Um, he was a guy that I like. You look through the slate, and you're like, yeah, I can see myself getting to a bunch of Stripling, but the ownership is crazy on him. I think it's insanely uh, high. Yeah. Yeah. So he's coming up in about half the lineups right now. That'll probably drop. I think as people talk themselves into other options throughout the day. So keep an eye out for ownership projections. Um, like the things to like are he can get strikeouts. He's a huge favorite, biggest favorite on the day. Um, his team is probably going to put up a good amount of runs. They've got a six implied total. Um, but he, he really makes it tough to get different, even at just 8K. Um, so just changing one pitcher in your lineup and playing some of the more popular bats, I think is probably what I'd rather do than play a bunch of stripling. Um, if he comes down to like the 25, 30% range then I would be getting to around 25 or 30%, but at 47 right now, uh, I'm going to have very little of him and just hope that uh, variance takes over. 
Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing here is this is a Mariners team. Sorry, Emac, but here we go. That uh, is just not particularly good at baseball. Right. You know, WRC plus against right-handers this season is, you know, dreadful, 89. Uh, that's bottom like seven in the league, 138 isolated slugging rate. Uh, it's also one of the, the, the lesser numbers you're going to see. A sub-300 WOBA for the Seattle Mariners, that's coming in at like bottom five, bottom six. So, you know, all, all of that leads to people really liking them. 23.9% K rate is another one that uh, is pretty much right in the middle of the league. So uh, I get it. I understand it. But uh, it's definitely super high ownership for, for Ross Stripling. Justin Dunn on the other side, 6.1 run total against him for the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, assuming this is a spot you probably avoid if if you're looking at pitching. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to go to Dunn. I don't really know that you need a 5K pitcher uh, today for a lot of your lineups. There's a bunch of guys packed in the 7 to 9K range. Um, so I, I'm i good on passing on Dunn. Uh, even if I wanted to play him, it would be probably the worst spot. On the slate, Dodgers, one of the best teams against righties for a number of years now. They don't strike out. Um, they're absolutely stacked. And then they added Mookie Betts this year. So, uh, yeah, Dodgers are a great stack. They're also getting a lot of ownership with Stripling. Um, I think I'm more likely to get to where the field's at on the Dodgers compared to the Atlanta Braves, um, which I don't know if, if people agree with that or not, but – um, getting to more more Dodgers than Braves tonight. So good pricing all around. I think uh, Mookie makes it a little bit difficult, almost 6K, uh, but he's an outfielder. So it's not like he takes up one position by himself. So yeah, yeah awesome both, spot. Both spots are appealing. And I, I was just kind of surprised that the top stack probability was lower on Atlanta. Uh, although there are a ton of teams, a ton of games. So I get that. But Dodgers, yeah, that ratio there is a lot better than it is for the, for the Braves. So that's something to consider, but uh, you know, at the same time, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I, I wish the ownership was more spread out today, but it's really hard not to like the Dodgers against Justin Dunn specifically. Let's talk about LA and the San Francisco giants, Griffin Canning, Tyler Anderson. We'll start with Canning here because it's funny. We, we really haven't talked about many pitchers that are getting ownership uh, up until, you know, these, last three games that we're going to touch on Griffin Canning right now, 32% on DraftKings. That's pretty significant. 17% on FanDuel, second highest projected on pitcher behind Ross Stripling. And then over on our sponsor Yahoo, you got Griffin Canning right behind Stripling, 36% Stripling's at 39%. Uh, and a lot of that once again has to do with the fact that uh, they are squaring off against the giants who, by the way, Jake have a 4.5 run implied total. That was a lot higher than I anticipated. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a pretty healthy total in, in LA here. Like the Giants, their numbers, like you look at their, their lineup and it's not great. Their numbers as a team, if you just go by the active roster, they're not that bad against righties. Um, looking at their K rate, I think they're about middle of the pack. Um, yeah, 22 and a half, uh, 22.3% right now against righties for the season. 92 WRC plus. They're not the easiest matchup in the world for Canning. And then Canning, he's gone six innings one time this season. He hasn't made it out of the fifth twice. Uh, Pitching is weak on this slate for sure. Yeah. So 
like Canning's probably one of the better plays still with all that being said. Um, but he's just not that much better of a play than some of these guys that are getting essentially no ownership. It's just because he's a favorite. Um, and you can't even say there's that low of a total against him. So th- those are actually with, with Canning. Um, yeah. Top pitcher tool does not like him either. I know it's crazy. He, one of the big things is he, uh, let's see over the last two years, Griffin Canning is last year. He had a 17% swinging strike rate against righties, 12.3 against lefties this year. Um, his ex- expected wall was 364 against right-handers 343 against left-handers. Once again, it's still very early in the season, but uh, he's, He's kind of taken a beating in some spots. You mentioned he's only gone, he's only gotten out of the fifth inning once. Um, he walked six batters in one start. He's walked 10 on the season, and that's across only 18 innings. He has uh, played Oakland twice. He has played Oakland twice. I mean, that is Houston, fair. Yeah. Houston was another one of his starts, but it, he's not missing a lot of bats. Uh, 10.3% swinging strike rate. That's okay. Um, yeah, but it's I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a matchup thing, and this is just the best matchup he's gotten so far. And but he's getting owned like he's some sort of sure thing or a guy we can rely on for seven or eight strikeouts, even if he does give up a few runs. I'm not sure that he's that guy in the spot. It feels like someone that I would not be afraid to get away from. I would I would tell you that much. Uh, and he's not cheap either, Jake. Like you would think right. at, at this ownership, he'd be sixty five hundred. Right, and he's like you got to pay up for him here. Um, I don't know. I, like if you could only choose stripling or canning here and you, you had to go overweight on one, would it, would it be stripling at 47% or canning at 32? It would definitely be stripling. I think I would too. And just hope I could get elsewhere, but I'm not a fan of either of these two guys. Is uh, this, is this a slate where we should consider looking at some of these lower owned p- pitchers that might not be great, but I, it, it feels like, the range of outcomes on a slate like this is much smaller uh, for like your lower price pitchers and your higher price pitchers than it normally would be. Meaning like if there was ever a day where you play a low price guy that's virtually unowned and he only gives you 10 fantasy points, this feels like one of those days where that could save you a ton and actually end up being really beneficial because all of the high price guys are probably only going to give you 10 or 12 either. Yeah. So like, Geo, we talked about how good the Tigers were, but you, like you could play him at a third of the ownership as Canning, um, Davies. I think you can mix in a bunch of these guys. Tuki Toussaint, who I kind of wrote off a little bit, he's not getting any ownership, but at least Toussaint's we know that. Interesting. Talent. Yeah, um, I might even throw in a little Yamamoto at sixty six hundred if those strikeouts are real. Yeah, so I mean, this just shows like how important ownership is. So this maybe could change. And these guys, Stripling and um, who's the other uh, Canning, if those two like drop off in ownership and everyone's bunched up, then maybe it becomes a tougher pitching slate. But for me right now, yeah, it's just mix in some of these low-owned guys and play the best bats. I'm with you. And there are going to be some really good bats on this slate. That's for sure. Uh, do you have anything else on bats or Tyler Anderson here before we wrap it up with Oakland and Arizona? Um, no, I'm good. All right. Let's go Arizona and Oakland. Chris Bassett, Zach Gallon, three straight games. 
three of the highest projected owned pitchers. Zach Gallen right now on DraftKings is coming in at 36.5%. That's a lot. 16.7% on FanDuel. Uh, and then over on Yahoo, uh, Zach Gallen is also getting quite a bit of ownership at 29% on that two-pitcher site. Uh, how are we approaching a very popular Zach Gallen against the Oakland Athletics who have been uh, very, very good this year? Yeah, this is another one where, like, Gallon's good. Um, he's got, like, he can get a bunch of strikeouts here, I suppose. But Oakland is a really bad matchup. Um, I guess they strike out, and that's really about it. 115 WRC plus against righties um, on the season for their active roster. 203 ISO. Gallon's not even a favorite either. Um, man, it, it's kind of like, a broken record here, but if he's just going to get so much more ownership than all these other guys, I don't see a reason to play 40% owned uh, Zach Gallon on DK. In fact, I would probably go with <clears throat> Oakland as one of my favorite leverage stacks against Gallon. Interesting. Okay. Just because there's so much power. I mean, yeah. Oakland will strike out a bit, but they're also going to make you work. Like that, mm-hmm. that that's one thing that that I really hate when it, when it comes to going up against Oakland, right? They really will make teams work. Their 12% uh, walk rate this season against righties is the third highest in the league. That That's something that, you know, is, is obviously going to really drain pitchers. Their 11.6% overall walk rate on the season is also third highest in the league. If they're going to strike out, but they're also going to run the pitch count up, that's a little worrisome. Now, Obviously, Zach Gallen has has done a good job of pitching deep into games. The strikeouts have been there. Like he's definitely and and you know what? He's he's faced the the Padres, the Dodgers, the the Astros, and the Rockies in Colorado. So I want to give him his due. Like he has pitched really well. Uh, he has a twelve percent swinging strike rate, and he's striking righties out at thirty two percent, lefties out at twenty eight percent. There is a lot to like here with Zach Gallon. So I do get it. I really do. Uh, but Oakland is also one of those teams that can make life miserable. So just at least think of ways that, that you can be different here if Zach Gallon comes out uh, and isn't firing eight or nine strikeouts or seven strikeouts uh, against an Oakland team that has made a lot of good pitchers look pretty bad this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're just not getting that big of a discount on him. So he's had a bunch of tough matchups, but this is – a really tough matchup as well. Um, maybe not as tough as like the Dodgers from a strikeout perspective or Houston. Um, but yeah, it, it looks, it looks pretty brutal for gallon here. If he's going to be 35, 40% on. Do you have any, uh, any thoughts on, on Chris Bassett, who is amazingly priced at $9,400 uh, yeah. on DraftKings? That, that was a little bit surprising to me. He's $44 on Yahoo. That's also, you know, dare I say, excessive. Uh, and then on FanDuel, Chris Bassett's 7,500, which is probably where he should be, and he's still not getting ownership. So, yeah, if you just have extra salary and you got a super chalky lineup, then you maybe throw Bassett in there instead of one of the other three really chalky guys. Uh, short of that, no no thanks on Bassett. Um, and then just wanted to reiterate, I think you can go to Oakland here if Gallon's ownership stays up. Um, seems like a pretty good leverage spot with the middling total. 
I don't think the roof is going to be open in Arizona. Um, but yeah, I like one through four on, uh, on Oakland here. Okay. Yeah. Gallon, by the way, uh, the curve is getting a, a ton of missed bats this season. And, you know, that's, that's something that's going to put him in a pretty good position against hitters from both sides of the plate. So I don't know. Um, not a ton. What do we got? Like one, two, th- I think there's only three. This is one thing to consider. One, two, three projected left-handers in the lineup for mm-hmm. Zach Gallon, which is also kind of interesting. He's allowing a sub 100 ISO to them this season in a limited sample. So uh, if, if it came down to me wanting to go with Bassett, or I'm sorry, uh, going with Gallon or um, Stripling or Griffin Canning. Canning. Yeah. Canning, it would definitely be Gallon. Uh, and if it came down to the three of these guys, whether it's Stripling, uh, Canning, or Gallon, I think the one advantage to Stripling is you're not overpaying for him. This team for, with Seattle has the lowest implied total. They will strike out. They don't get on base. So I'm going Stripling, uh, Gallon, and then Canning. I think Gallon's strikeout upside is probably uh, – the, the, his, his ceiling as far as strikeouts go is probably the best you're going to find. But I do think Stripling has that seven-inning potential to limit you know zero to one runs, give you six strikeouts, and also get the win. Uh, Canning's definitely my number three out of that grouping of three really high priced or st- three really popular pitchers today. Yeah, I think um, maybe what you could do as well if you're using Fantasy Cruncher is um, just say, like, you could just make a group with these three guys if they stayed this popular um, and just say, just use one of them on DraftKings. Now, that's a little bit risky, but that'll ensure that you get some of these other guys that are just unowned, especially if you like the Twins and the Dodgers and the Braves tonight, which are really chalky. You you don't want to be getting duped in MLB. Um, And so there's reasons to play all of Canning, Stripling, and and, uh, Gallon here. Uh, But I would just avoid the amount of times I get those guys together on DraftKings. Well, Jake, that'll do it for us. About an hour and 20 minutes on this 11-gamer. Thanks, as always, for everyone hanging out. Hit that thumbs up before you go. Subscribe, hit the notification bell so you always know when new content is going to drop next. And check out our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They've got a ton to offer right now and legit winnable top prizes and some uh, management-free contests as well, meaning everything that you pay into these contests gets paid back out directly to you. He's Jay Kari. I'm Dave Lochran. Lots of shows coming up throughout the rest of the day. Big break on NHL, NBA Live Before Lock, MLB Live Before Lock, and PGA First Look as well, all here at YouTube.com slash awesome We'll see you back here tomorrow on the MLB Strategy Show.